Hello, welcome gentlemen, don't get caught, it's a podcast that's about the music of R.E.M. Uh, I'm Lynn, and on the other end of the line... Is me, Ali. Hello. Hello, and welcome back. Uh, we're here, it's Losing My Religion. It's a super famous song! Faith in this song? <laughs> <laughs> that was stellar, Lynn. It was, it was not stellar, but it was slightly better than my transitions usually are, so I'll take it. To be, yeah, this is this is one of those ones where, like, I wasn't really looking forward to this episode in the mm-hmm. sense, like, well, this is such a famous song. What am I gonna say? And also, just like, oh yeah, I know this song. But the funny thing is, I've ne- it's it's never been a song until now that I've actually gone out of my way to listen to, and I've found that actually doing that. I like it more than I thought I did. Cool. I can definitely see why it was a hit. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I really like it. Um, I think, I don't know whether I'm a contrarian or something, but sometimes <laughs> you feel like, oh yeah, you don't like the hits. You know what I mean? Especially with popular bands. You just want to be the cool kid. That's like, like, oh no. I like the deep cuts. Actually. Yeah, I like the deep cuts. I only like... The things that were released in the first three months of them being together and then they sold out, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but despite that being my instinct, I think Losing My Religion is really good. <laughs> this is one where the, where the masses were not, in fact, delusional idiots. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also rewatched the music video in preparation for this. Oh, I, I was good, wondering but... whether we would actually bring that up because this because we typically haven't talked about that. But I actually went out of my way to watch that as well because I'd seen like bits of it like over the years, channel surfing, and just it would be on. I don't think I'd ever like gone out of my way to sit through it end to end. And I actually thought it was pretty cool. Is it okay? This is this is a rhetorical question, but okay. whatever. Did you think that the pre-music bit, at the very beginning, felt slightly Tarkovsky tributey? Oh, it did a little bit. Yeah. So I thought that it was, and I thought it it felt like a stalker tribute. Mm-hmm. But then I looked up the Wikipedia page for the music video and it turns out it was it's actually a homage homage i never know what the correct homage homage (laughs) to something out of tarkovsky's last film the sacrifice which i have not seen yet oh okay so i'm glad my so you were pretty much right yeah my tarkovsky dar was bleeping correctly as it should i like it uh do you know who the director of the music video was. I do not. His name is Tarsem Singh. He's... That rings a bell. Yeah, so he's directed some actual movie films. Uh, most famously, probably The Fall from about 15 years ago. I haven't seen it, but I've seen like quite a lot of stills from it. Okay. It's like visually very, very striking. Yeah, another film that I think I have heard of but not seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So definitely visual flair is is part of his. But yeah, so I enjoyed the music video. thought it was cool. Yeah, it was pretty great. Although in my mind, Michael Snipe had got to shaving his head at this point, And yeah, he has hair. He has hair, yeah. It's 
that was a surprise to me because we had that conversation the other day of like, is he is he a total baldy at this point? And the answer is not quite. It's nope. Very Absolutely. receding. It feels very nineties. Just general the music video in general, and it reminds me just mostly because the band are standing back wearing waistcoats that are too big for them. <laughs> um, of yeah. maybe the most nineties, uh, most sort of early nineties album. I'll work. Oh, it's a Crowded House album. I don't think it's Woodface. Might be one before that. But on the back, they're all wearing like waistcoats that are too big that have like stars embroidered on them and things. And it's just, <laughs> just this very, um, this very kind of late eighties, early nineties thing going on. But yeah, the music video is pretty great. Anyway, uh, the song, it's pretty intense. It is. It is maximum mandolin, obviously. Yeah, it's like those mandolin experiments and kind of borderline obsession on the previous album which i was never wholly convinced by it's come to fruition it's coming together and it's really working this time in my mind it was just mandolin but then there's so many other things going on in it Mm. the strings and the bass and i mean it feels like the rhythm kind of section is fairly simple but it comes together it comes together pretty well yeah, because it's kind of like a medium-paced song, but the rhythm is very... it's very solid. Yes, solid is a good word, rather than elaborate. Mm. I thought... I don't know, because it feels quite intense, but then I was thinking about the vocals, and they're just... Mm, I don't know. They're like middle, but middling the right way. Like, it's intense, but he's not, like, really pushing it to be like, this is really straining me, like, really serious, somehow. Yeah, it's not histrionic. No, it's not. It's intense, but not histrionic. Which is a difficult line to walk, but yeah, like you say, he does it very well. It's like, there's a lot of emotion there, but he's not overplaying it. Yes, exactly. And it does not as much... I don't know, I feel like it's weird to have a song that... I don't know, it feels weirdly restrained <laughs> in a way that I'm not sure in my mind before re-listening for this that I thought it was. Mm. Because like with the vocals, it's not really quite overdoing it. And like the music is intense, but it never kind of reaches a sort of crescendo that you might expect it to. And the closest it maybe comes is the outro feels like it goes on too long. Like it feels like it should end like a couple of bars earlier and they just kind of sustain it enough to be like, ah, and then it's out. I'm just going on about how much I like the song. I think it's just it's just a sort of song of sustained tension. Yeah. Without ever sort of blowing up in a way that feels I don't know, maybe cheap is the wrong word. Maybe histrionic is a better word. I'm just stealing all your words, Ali. Like obvious. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, it's it's impressive that it's a hit, but it's not like it's poppy, but it's not there is complexity there. Yes. It's yep. it's kind of like they married the complexity of their earlier material with the poppier tendencies of the last album that we kind of generally said when they indulged that poppier side, it didn't really work. Whereas this time, it super, super works. It does, yeah. And it feels shorter than it is. Mm, um, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's pushing four and a half minutes, isn't it, I think? Yeah, and it... Kind of feels like a three-minute pop song. Yeah, and it feels like a three-minute pop song. I really love the bridge section. I mean, R.E.M. have always been good at a bridge, but it's just it's just really nice. 
Yeah. What would you say? I mean, the lyrics are probably like the probably the most discussed thing about this. So I don't want to spend like ages on it. But how would you describe the mood of the lyrics? The mood. So I feel like I would say it's about angst and self-reproach. Yeah, it's like a Dark Knight of the Soul kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that it's actually literally about the loss of a religious faith. I don't think it's about that at all. Okay, that's interesting. It it seems to be about a... Maybe not even a romantic relationship, Probably like a, like a, an unrequited affection. Like it's it's somebody, like actually telling somebody that they've had feelings for them for a long time, yeah. but they know that they're not requited, but they're still saying something anyway. Um, and then they're kind of like hating themselves for. For saying, for saying it, but like just feeling like they couldn't, like, bottle it up anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the the famous, like all the all of the lines, pretty much are, are, are famous. But just the, oh no, I've said said too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this slip, uh, it brought me to my knees. Yeah, that kind of like regretful, you know, like opening yourself up. Putting yeah. yourself out there and then feeling rejected or embarrassed or yeah yeah this thing that feels so important to you even if it doesn't necessarily feel important to the other person then maybe that's the worst thing about it yeah and just the lines at the end that was just a dream just a dream it's kind of like in a different world these feelings would be returned yeah but that is not the world we live in yeah basically the story of my <laughs> of my teens and early 20s <laughs> Uh, I was going to say appropriate, but that of course you weren't a teen when this came out. You were a child. I was a child, yeah. <laughs> because we're old, apparently. Oh, this song is older than. Yeah, not not as old as REM. No, exactly. They, I, I, well, when I was looking at the video, there was a link to the uh, reissue of Radio Free Europe, um, and they like to celebrate its fortieth anniversary. I was oh. like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and this this album itself is thirty years old. Yeah, it's 30 years old, exactly. Yeah. So. Which, if we were savvier about the marketing side of this podcast, we'd be... <laughs> well, yeah, because there's, the, there's all the 25th anniversary editions of a lot of these albums. You're like, oh, that was five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But yeah, really, I think perhaps that rare-ish song that is both poppy and enjoyable, but kind of intense and emotional um, without being like cheesy or cloying or whatever it's just yeah i don't know it just feels like they nailed it and i don't really want to extend this podcast unnecessarily just going yeah this song that people think is great is pretty great yeah but it lives up to the hype it lives up to the hype it's the citizen kane of pop songs i've only seen citizen kane once and i saw it in the summer after my gcc so i was 16 15 <laughs> possibly not the best time to, possibly to not. see that yeah yeah and it's also it's also a bad comparison anyway because that wasn't it i mean that was a critical hit at the time but it wasn't a commercial hit so whereas this was both of those things yeah. at the time so 
I think perhaps it was a bad time to watch Citizen Kane because so many of the things that people like, oh, it was such an amazing groundbreaking film, I had no context for at that age. Mm. So I was just like, this is a pretty boring film. Yeah, yeah. And and also, unless you have a very sophisticated palette for a teenager. Yeah, I was just watching it because people were like, oh, this is the best film ever. Yeah, yeah. But unless unless you've been sort of taught otherwise the default prejudice when you're that age is like black and white equals outdated and crap, which is (laughs) so far from the truth. But, you know, like the prevailing peer pressure when you're that age is like, oh, well, if if something is older than five years ago, it means it's crap. It was the year 2000, Ali. I was living in the future. The Matrix (laughs) existed. What was I doing watching Citizen Kane? Indeed. I mean, not not that there's. I was going to say not that there's anything wrong with the Matrix. I'm sure you could find problems with the Matrix, but <laughs> that's also it's also an enjoyable film. Epochal. It's, true. it's <laughs> another film that's very much of its time, perhaps, but mm. um, yeah. pretty great. I saw The Legend of the Stardust Brothers the other day. That was also pretty great. Okay, uh, you'll have to tell me about what that is. Uh, well. It's a 1985 Japanese film that was very accurately in the description described as what if the people who made 70s Japanese horror film House made a musical? Uh, (laughs) I have seen House and that thing is bonkers. So Yeah, imagine if they made a musical bio... It's not really a biopic because it's fictional, but you know what I mean. (laughs) About a pop band... And is that what happened, or is it different people who made this? It is, I believe it's different people, but it's it's very much of the... Um, what if just some unexpected things happened? <laughs> I also was expecting it to have musical elements, wasn't expecting it to actually be a musical, but I was pleasantly surprised by how enjoyable it was. Awesome. So, it's available on movie. use the code for Ali's other podcast. Yes, yes. Cool. Right. Um, Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Yes, thank you. And uh, we'll be back next time to be low. Get 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 low for next time. These are all terrible outros that I'm going to have to cut out now. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Turn on narrator. Toggle switch on. GDGC podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, it's nice that we're down to one because we had to we had to have two really in Oxfordshire.